third dimension. This is 3D or 2D.com's Duh 3D Show. Put on your 3D glasses now. If you're wondering what the 3D stand for, they are discussion, debate, and the news. We hope that you enjoy the show. Get it? The show? Duh. Hello and welcome to episode 85 Duh 3D Show. I'm Adolf. I have with me Jake. Howdy, folks. And Krista. Hello. And we got a good selection of news for you. So, Krista, I'll let you pick the first topic. What do you want to talk about first? We can talk about Gemini Man failing at the box office, apparently, which is sad. Yeah, this is just kind of, I don't know why. It had, you know, we like it. Everyone else seems to hate it, but whatever. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, just, you were. Yeah, Will Smith is having a resurgence like Keanu Reeves. Hits or bombs? Doesn't seem to be any in between. Now, some people are blaming the high frame rate. People don't like it, apparently. But I don't think most our audiences really care or know about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're just going to... Well, we're going to see. It looks like they're not. Um, some of that I blame on... Um, theaters i mean a lot of people i know they just wait for streaming for everything because they're tired of high prices of concessions mm-hmm. poor quality of presentation yeah i saw and, uh, i saw a facebook post uh from one of my high school friends who was like gemini man was a good movie but it wasn't worth 23 dollars exactly I've heard a lot of people say that the technology is cool, like they, you know, may have enjoyed the 3D or the high frame rate, but they didn't like the movie. So, you know, it's like cool for technical reasons, but not for actual film reasons. You know, we all liked it, so I don't get why people don't like it. Maybe there's just too many things out there right now. You know, maybe it should have released in September or something, you know? Yeah, this is, uh, this would have been better if they had released it in the summer. This wasn't a, what I'd call a fall movie, but also this is the kind of movie that uh, is the bread and butter of streaming services. Yeah, and Joker basically killed it off. <laughs> uh, Joker killed about everything. It's the biggest. Uh, it's one of the biggest surprises. It's a real seismic shift. I mean, it's the most successful R-rated movie of all time. And probably going to get to a billion, which would probably be another record there, I think. Oh, it's it's already set. It's already the highest grossing R-rated movie ever made. So I guess, you know, maybe some of the oxygen that, you know, people had for movies, everyone's going to see Joker, so no one cares about Gemini Man, you know, so. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just kind of disappointing. I mean, to be honest, the only reason I'm hitting so many movies is... Uh, finally, there's a, a movie uh, pass that I can u- utilize because uh, I can't afford these ticket prices. I mean, it's it's cheaper to be a drug addict than it is to go to the movies. <laughs> With uh, drugs, let's uh, t- pick another topic here. So um, let's talk about Adam's Family Gate as sequel. You have to be on drugs to watch this next movie. <laughs> uh. Uh, so much potential and so wasted with the most hack-eyed, cliche-ridden storyline. 
But uh, people love the Adams family. They have for decades. Uh, so you can throw any swill at them and they're going to eat it up. I'm just I'm tired of bad Adams family adaptions. So I didn't have any tolerance for this one. Now, I think a lot of this is because it was so cheaply made. You could see it on screen and they probably, you know, made this and they probably made their money back. And that's why it's uh, considered a hit because they, they, it cost them 20 million or something to make or something cheap like that, you know. So maybe that's the, 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 just the basic nurse, um, aspect of it that it's made enough money, you know, to warrant a sequel. And it's already made, you know, not that much, but I mean, enough is enough, you know? Mm-hmm. I just hope they come up with a good story this time. Krista, are you interested in watching this movie after our reviews or no? No. <laughs> I mean, the story line was so terrible, they would have been better off just shooting uh, Gat, um, just having the movie 90 Minutes of Charles Adams gags. It would have been a better movie. Now, it has made about 84 million worldwide. Um, so, it, you know, it's a hundred million. It's just pretty good for animated movie. Um, I don't know the budget, but I know it's probably a lot cheaper than that, you know? So, I mean, maybe the sequel will really get a good plot and we'll have a lot more interesting things to say. I mean, it seems like these kind of animated kind of spooky movies like Hotel Transylvania and this, were just like so cheaply made that you know people like it so maybe that's just going to be a halloween you know october animated event every other year you know mm-hmm. i mean there are definitely halloween movies that are better made <laughs> yeah we made a whole list yeah. about that <laughs> yeah go rent Coraline instead of going to see this oh yeah <laughs> or uh you can find a disc of uh nightmare before christmas in 3d <sighs> All right, so uh, Jake, what do you want to talk about next? I guess we will talk about the Avatar sequels not being in high frame rate. Yeah, James Cameron uh, has been speaking out about a lot of things lately, and he just said he thought high frame rates uh, would only be, be good in certain sequences instead of a whole movie. But, like, that's also what uh, Ang Lee tried to do with one of his movies. And, like, no theaters had the capability to switch frame rate. Like, Yeah, Gemini Man. No, I'm talking about a different uh, movie. Ang Lee has yeah, done high but, frame rate before. Before, oh. yeah. But no, and no one's going to spend the money. Uh, I mean, you would almost have to hand crank the thing. And they haven't done that in a hundred years. Chris, are you talking about the um, the halftime movie or whatever? That, that movie that was uh, like 120 frames? Billy, yeah. something like that? Billy something or other? What Ang Lee had wanted to do was to have like parts of the movie in like normal 24 frames and parts into the movie in 120 frames. The problem with that is it's not easily convertible from one to the other and no theaters had the capability to just play something at different frame rates depending on the part of the movie so like he's kind of ahead of his time there (laughs) oh a lot of directors have shot in high frame rate because they know it's going to be shown at 24 and it gets the effect they want Mm -hmm. 
it's used a lot in flashbacks and stuff like that, you know, to denote uh, this isn't the forward narrative. Um, was that Billy Lynn's long half-time walk, the movie you're talking about, Krista? It might be. That sounds like it. Yeah, that was a big flop, and that was, you know, 3D, and that was high frame rate, and that was by uh, Ang Lee, and um, yeah, it it's just like about a rock war veteran or something. Yeah, like his idea was that like the flashbacks and like the PTSD sequences would be in high frame rate, but like it didn't like translate to like any like general audiences, unfortunately. Well, there's nothing that can, there's not a veritable, the only veritable rate uh, cameras like were made by Thomas Edison because you hand crank them. Hmm. Now, going back to Avatar, I remember specifically him saying that he wanted to be high frame rate, you know, all this kind of super technology stuff, but I guess he changed his mind. Well, basically, since his uh, corporate overlords are, have now been absorbed by uh, the House of Mouse, it's going to be whatever Disney wants. And if I was Cameron, I'd be very nervous the way Disney is just dumping Fox releases into the market. Now, I don't think Avatar 2, whenever the hell it actually comes out, which, you know, apparently it's next year, but I don't believe I it. don't believe that. <laughs> I, don't think I would not does. be surprised if it just pops up on Disney+. Plus. I think Avatar 2 will definitely get a major release. I think anything after that... That assumes it's ever made. <laughs> you know, I think... Okay, let me, let, me, let me finish this thought. I think Avatar 2 will definitely get a release. Now, the rest of the sequels, that completely depends on how well Avatar 2 does... And how well Avatar 2 does is dependent on how well it does compared to the first one. So if it is not a billion dollar movie, those movies are going to be direct to DVD or whatever. They're not going to get, you know, Disney's not going to care. You really have to prove yourself again with the second movie. And Disney's, you know, really strong business and really smart business side. They're not going to release, you know, four movies or whatever, three movies. I forget how many Avatar sequels are planned, like five or six. They're not going to release all those movies in box office if the second one is a flop. If, you know, and there's going to be so much hype surrounding it. It has to nail things. It has to be amazing to be really, I mean, it's one of those things. It, if it's not a billion dollars, it's not the number one movie, it's a disappointment. And that's, you know, done. The Avatar franchise is done, essentially. I think they may have filmed all the movies at the same time that's what's taking it forever to come out but i don't know what do you guys think of my analysis yeah i mean i i generally believe like avatar missed its moment and like no one's gonna care Mm -hmm. oh i can remember uh avatar when it got its initial release on for home video you had to buy a whole 3D setup to get the disc. <laughs> so I just was like, F you. And I went and bought, there was a truck stop up the road from me. There was a guy who sold bootleg discs. <laughs> and I bought a bootleg disc of Avatar. And then I finally bought the bare bones 
release that they finally dumped on the market several years later. Uh, and I think that move was one of the absolute stupidest. Because I can remember when 3, 3D Blu-ray, they had all these film exclusives for various uh, stores. Various, uh, you had to buy a, a Blu-ray player and or TV to get a certain discs. And they did this with d several movies that like slit the throat. That, I mean, 3D's been a dead man walking for years. Uh, and that's one of the, Hollywood's greed always bites him in the ass. So um, going back to Avatar with, uh, here's the uh, actual numbers or the sequel stuff. Avatar 2 is supposed to come out on 2021, Avatar 3, 2023, and Avatar 4, 2024. So it's supposed to, once Avatar 2 comes out, the dam's going to break and it's going to be like every other year. <laughs> when that eventually comes out. And it's been over 10 years now. I know. Yeah. It's like, whatever. I don't think anybody cares. Like, Avatar, like, is generally, like, that movie, like, no one actually remembers any of the characters. No one actually remembers, like, any significant details. They're just like, oh, that's the movie with the blue monkeys. Yeah, exactly. With grade 3D that amazed everyone, you know. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that is good about it is that that, that camera system came out of it, and then, like, like, that camera system has been used on further 3D movies. So, like, I feel like, personally, my opinion is James Cameron is less of a filmmaker and more of, like, a, a product tester. And, like, mm -hmm. Avatar was just, like, a very, very advanced and complicated trailer for all like, these product demos. Yeah, he's been Hollywood's research and development guy for the last 30 years. Now, um, Avatar is one of those movies, too, that I think... At the time, it was huge, and then, like you said, people forgot about it, and I think it's just one of those things that if it does come out, like it has to be amazing balls and a else. And the first one, I think the first trailer for Avatar was terrible. Everyone hated it. People were like, okay, is this movie going to be a big flop? And then it came out, and then people were like, this is actually really cool. And then everyone watched it, and it became a big hit. So... Avatar 2 has so much pressure on it. You know, is it worth, you know, every single publication is going to be like, is it worth the 13-year wait? You know, which most of the time movies aren't worth that long. You know, I would definitely say Incredibles 2 was not worth the 10-year-plus wait. And then, uh, Jake, will you say that Zombieland is not worth the 10-plus-a-year wait, you know? Yeah. Hey, uh, I liked... Uh... The new Blade Runner, but it wasn't worth a 35-year wait. So it, it's, you know, that time where it could have had a sequel and people cared, it's maybe gone. But the only thing I keep saying, you don't want to miscalculate James Cameron because James Cameron, you know, Terminator 2 is, is a lot, uh, is a great movie. And I think a lot of people really love his sequels, um, you know. So you don't want to assume he's going to fail, but it's... It's hard to imagine any of these Avatar movies ever actually coming out. But also, yeah. like, James Cameron is so successful that even if, if he fails, he hasn't failed. Because at this point, he's just, like, twiddling with his thumbs because he has so much money from his earlier successes that he's just, like, making 
other crap because he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. But I honestly think with the with what he has spent, how long he's taken, that Disney's not going to tolerate uh, him, his movies making less than a billion dollars in this franchise. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, if Avatar 2 does not make a billion and does not make that money pretty right away, the rest are probably going to be direct to Disney Plus and that's it. You know, we move on. Like they're going to be trying to manufacture another Marvel Cinematic Universe, basically. Yeah. Which is kind of an enigma that I'm not sure if that's something you can actually intend to create. Because, like, before it was 3D and, you know, it was, you know, uh, CGI graphics. He was a real big person to really get CG graphics into movies and, and make it believable and enjoyable. And, you know, so he, he's a leader in technology, but... You know, I think I also heard last time he wanted to do like glasses free 3D, and it's like that's not at all feasible for the market. Um, uh, not in a big scale, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, not yet, anyway. And a lot of that is a pushback from the theaters wanting to spend money because a uh, glasses free 3D is going to require special screens at the very least and those and that's going to be a lot more expensive than giving people um glasses you spent 25 dollars on are you to have like a holographic holographic screen or how would that even work it'd probably be a lenticker type of screen uh yeah you know you know those pictures you see that kind of wiggle it you'd probably have to have a screen like that and you would probably have to um the seating would have to be more centered. You couldn't have as much seating on the sides because they couldn't see the 3D effect because it would be very limited. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can if, if they can overcome that and not have to change the seating. Uh, apparently, there's been some testing of glasses of free 3D, but I haven't heard much about it. I mean, that works on small screens to an extent, but I don't see how it would work on a large. Yeah, that's what I said, that it was kind of unfeasible because you're not going to have a theater to have, you know, 20 seats in the middle only be the ones you could get. And then the rest of the theater can't be used. That's not good economics for a theater chain, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he probably is filming this in 3D. I mean, I hope he is. But I remember him saying that it's going to be, you know, 8K and stuff. So I'd be highly surprised if Avatar 2 wasn't in 3D. No, I mean, it's safe to assume that. But, you know, he's probably filming it in like 8K IMAX kind of thing. <laughs> you know, something ridiculous like that. I mean, like he has to like like have some sort of new technology up his sleeve. Otherwise, you know. Yeah. And sometimes you just feel like, you know, maybe I just want some go see something where somebody has a sits behind a cardboard box and has hand puppets. <laughs> you know, go let's go old school. I mean, it makes you miss the days when William Castle used to wire theater seats to give you a shock and have skeletons on wires fly above your head in the movie theater with emergo. 
you know, 4 uh, 4DX does some of that with the wind blowing and smells and, you know, and the, the rumble seats and everything. So it's not completely, um, you know, out there. You know, some of that technology is out there now and, and is popular in other parts of the world. The 4DX. Yeah, that's why, yeah, that's why I don't think people should be given Scorsese grief when he compares some of uh, movies to uh, theme parks. Because I have to admit, being watching a movie in D box is like being on a roller coaster for two hours. I like D box though; it's kind of fun for certain movies. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. It is fun. Uh, is it a cinematic experience? Not really. Uh, but, but hey, uh, that ship has sailed. Uh, the synergy between movies and theme parks started in 1955 when Disney opened Disneyland and that was a couple I lifetimes mean, I, ago I've seen a lot of 3D movies when I went to Disney World and like they all had like that similar kind of setup where you you had seats that were interactive mm -hmm. yep so they're just kind of bringing that experience to theaters good or bad the Cameron really wants them the next one, next Avatar movie to be in, in uh, underwater, and he's like, you're gonna really perfect underwater 3D. Now, you know, I think Aquaman looks great in 3D in underwater, and I think Gemini Man looks really had some fantastic 3D underwater scenes. So it's kind of, you know, I don't know what else they could oh, do. Oh, and Revenge and uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon movies look amazing in 3D. The underwater scenes are amazing. And that was done old school. I mean, having to have two cameras underwater, no conversion. All right, so let's keep going here. Um, let's talk about Star Wars. We've got a new trailer, and tickets are now on sale. So Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, what do you guys think of this new trailer? It's a trailer. I think it looks cool. I have no idea what the plot is, but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. A lot of interesting environments, a lot of interesting things going on. Like it, it kind of hints at the ending of C three PO, um, like he's gonna die or something, which I don't know. But I mean, he's been in all of the movies, so it's okay if he it does go. You know. Yeah, I'm just sitting here amazed at how quickly it's been selling. Uh, no one's talking about the ticket sales of this, but locally, almost every screening is 3D is sold out already. Probably should buy my tickets already then. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, they've got to add more screenings when you have this fast of a sellout. I'm also hoping guys will change their mind, and or if I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm going to review this or not, but I'm just saying. Well, the main reason that I didn't grab tickets already is because my brother wants to go see it. Doesn't want to go by himself, but he doesn't know when he's going to be off work. And um, he is not he's, he's already said he's not taking a vacation day to see a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and it comes out like right next to my wife's birthday or on my wife's birthday. And my wife doesn't really care about Star Wars. She'll come watch it with me because she's being nice and supportive. But she doesn't care one bit about it. So um, I feel bad about being, you know, Star Wars. You know, let's go see Star Wars on your birthday, which I you know she doesn't care about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't really thought about tickets and all that yet. But it's still 
it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like lately I haven't really needed to pre-order tickets for anything, you know? Yeah, most theaters, like, you just go show up the day of and it's like, oh, you can pick any seat you want because no one is here. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised because it seems like I haven't even checked what the 2D cells are doing. But I just noticed the 3D were like, wow. So I'm sure they'll add more screenings. So I'm not worried about being able to see it. I just may not be able to sit in the sweet spot in a theater. I mean, I might have to settle for back row or something. Hey, some theaters, uh, that is the best seat in the house. But I'm worried about being able to get to a 3D screening because a lot of the indie studio, indie theater chains didn't re-up with uh, real 3D. So, um... For now, unless things change, I guess I'll try to review that one. Um, it's just kind of hard because I don't want you to review all the movies in December, Jake. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also might miss it because I'm going – because my big mouth, I'm going to be watch, doing a Spies in Disguise, which the latest trailer looks pretty good. The 3D looked really good. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll see about who's reviewing what later, but – Let's get mm-hmm. keep going here. Let's talk about um, Abominable, the controversial movie. Jake, you reviewed this. Was this a super controversial movie when you rewatched it? <laughs> no. And in fact, if you're shaking your head with and scratching your head, I mean, uh, in a lot of countries, this was called Everest. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have no idea why some markets it's Abominable. And other markets, it's Everest. Well, that's not the controversial part. <laughs> yeah. So the controversy is about a map. And that There's a scene in the movie. I didn't see it. You saw it. Does it contain Taiwan? Is that what the controversy is? Mm, the map shows, I guess it's considered disputed land in the Philippines and Vietnam area. That um, apparently it looks like this is the the map that... China would approve, and that's why it is in you know banned from Vietnam and um, Malaysia and, and just different parts of the world over there because they're like, hey, this is not a part of China. This is our part of country. So it's a disputed map. It's all about geography and you know a lot of historical aspects of that. Um, nothing to do with the content of the movie, right? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, how does China feel? Because they do this crap all the time to movies. Yeah. So, China, how does it feel to have it done to you in one of your little co-productions? They're probably really happy about it. <laughs> no, because uh, that means if anybody wants to see this, they'll take the path of, path of, re, of least resistance and, and pick up a bootleg. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. I thought you were talking about the the political aspect. Yeah, they probably are happy with the political aspect, but you know they don't. You know, the money aside, they're probably disappointed in you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this and and U.S. studios may start thinking twice about co-productions. Mm-hmm. Now, this didn't need to have any kind of map, right? It could have just been entirely a fictional location, and everything would have been the same, right, Jake? Probably, yeah. I mean. I mean, they had Hong Kong, and they called it the city, but 
it really, to me, some people thought it was Shanghai, but I was like, well, on that skyline, it looked like Hong Kong to me. Which Hong Kong itself has some political turmoil with China going on. Of course, it always does. I mean, um, Hong, Hong Kong is, oh, I mean, they were under British rule for so long, and they were separate, and now they're technically part of China, but not, and... So, well, you know about, like, the whole NBA controversy? So, what, you're talking about the National Basketball Association? Yeah. Not all the details. Essentially, uh, one of the, I don't know, like, one of the, someone who was associated with one of the NBA teams posts, posted a Twitter post in association with, like, basically, like, supporting the protesters in Hong Kong. And China got pissed and, like, pulled everything having to do with the NBA. Like, like China's like, no more NBA in China. Goodbye. You, you, you done screwed up. And, and, like, I think it was, like, LeBron James was in China at the time. And he was like, uh, hey. I hope he got the hell out. Yeah. Because China tends to throw people behind bars. Uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and South Park is banned in China. Of course, these days, banned in China is kind of the new version of banned in Boston. I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember when the city of Boston used to ban everything. No. And it became uh, a selling point. When a movie got banned in Boston, you had to go see it. So... You know, on that controversy, I will be making a statement about this in the near future. Um, I, I just feel like you have to talk out. You know, a lot of different corporations are just going to do for whatever for mo more money. And I don't really believe that. And, you know, you could judge my critique of how businesses run, whatever. I don't care. But, you know, I want to really kind of frame this in a really smart way. But I, I will be doing this on the website soon. Um, I just want to make sure everything's written in a, a very intelligent way. Um, that I just basically the basic summary is, you know, you should have the freedom to protest, period. And mm -hmm. if, you know that's it. And it's not you know freedom is freedom. And if you if your government is not good, then you should be able to change it. And you know it's not. I don't think that's a controversial kind of thing, but apparently it is. Um, so. You know, you should have the I mean, freedom. I mean, ultimately what is happening is because China's censorship laws are so strict and China, like, does not want freedom of speech in its country. But at the same time, China, China as a people is just like this massive market for movies. And, like, all the theaters want to, uh, uh, like, be able to... Or, excuse me, all the studios want to be able to release their movies in China, they're going to kowtow to China, even though China's government has had some very questionable behaviors and abuses of power, but you can't call that out unless you want to be banned in China. So it's kind of a catch-22 of, like, mm -hmm. where do you go mm -hmm. with that? And it's been interfering with content of movies 
big and small. And I'm not talking about just diversity, adding Asian characters. That's not what I'm talking about, because that should have been happening already without China. That's the one good thing that's come out of it. But I'm talking about, uh, for the longest time, China used to ban everything that had a supernatural content. Uh, they've relaxed on that, but there's still a lot of uh, content that gets banned. And because there's such a huge market and Hollywood spends so much money on movies and paying so much, and they need China's uh, market to break even, they kowtow to their censors, and it affects our movies sometimes because mm -hmm. they don't want to re-edit a movie for every market. And there's a lot of pandering in different movies that are you know shown in China. Like there's the Iron Man three scene where there's a specific Chinese doctor that is you know that scene is like five minutes long and it's added for the Chinese but deleted for everywhere else. And you know there's different scenes all over things like Transformers you know shots like a whole scene in China and you know all this pandering is a big part of the movie industry right now to try to make sure China is mm -hmm. like yeah we want that movie you know. But I mean, also, also, I want us to recognize that, like, we're really not the victims here. Really, the true victims are the people in China who are living under this censorship and, like, have to fear speaking their mind, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're not victims here. Uh, I mean, uh, if you really um because there um movie censorship never killed anybody. Well, indirectly i mean you could make the case that uh disney playing games with china uh led to leslie chung's uh, demise but that's a stretch but that you could make a case for it uh and if you're wondering what i'm talking about uh hong kong china mainland china had used to have like maybe a dozen slots a year for for foreign movie releases and disney discovered if they made a co-production with china they would automatically get a slot for that movie and if they canceled the release of that movie they could release another movie in its stead so they made all these movies in hong kong and really got the hopes up of several Hong Kong actors and writers and directors and producers that they were going to be in the American market. And all Disney was doing and Harvey Weinstein were doing was getting these movies made as cheaply as possible uh, just so they could bury them and put out something like Little Mermaid and really hurt a lot of people. There, there's certain rules too for China. Like they only allow X amount of Western movies. So, you know, you may not get the Chinese release and, you know, that may be, you know, there's a lot of movies that maybe flop in America, but do really well in China. So they really want to be in that list of movies approved for China, you know, and there's a lot of movies and 3d movies that are big movies in China that may not, even be 3D here in America, you know? Yeah, the main reason Venom is getting a sequel is because of success in China. Uh, 
one of the main reasons that End- uh, Infinity War and Endgame did so well was China. I mean, their box office is mind-bogglingly huge. They've become the market force. Now, currently, 3D or 2D.com is okay in China. Like, it is, um, we're not banned currently as we speak right now. I did check right now, and we are okay in China. Obviously, that will change soon, and I don't care. I don't care if we lose people. You know, it, we're do, I want to do the right thing. And if that means we lose more business, then so be it. Doing you know, what's right is more important than what yeah. business. So if you're in China right now, get your VPN ready. If you want to st- still enjoy our content, just saying. I mean, if you're in China, you probably should have a VPN anyway. <laughs> so yeah. many things are blocked in China. Uh-huh. And Turkey and a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. places. Saudi Arabia. I mean, God, what a world we live in. And, you know, it's, it's we don't really want to get into politics. You know, that's not our job. We, we just want to enjoy movies and we try to mm-hmm. keep things light. But sometimes yeah. you have to. Yeah. And, and, and being a 3D fan is rough. I mean, it's like like in the Cubs or the Atlanta Braves. Or the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing going on right now with China and Hong Kong, and I don't know all the details to really feel like I feel I have a hundred percent stance, but I just believe, you know, that you should be able to protest your government, and if your government isn't good, then you should be able to change it. So it's I don't think that's controversial. Yeah, yeah you should be able to criticize your government. Mm-hmm. So all right, let's move on here. Um, let's talk about onward. Move Onward with Onward trailer. So we got the first official trailer for Onward, Pixar's new animated movie coming out in March 2020. Um, what do you guys think of Onward? Uh, Jake, go ahead, go first. Uh, it didn't feel like a Pixar movie at all. I thought it looked, it felt like a DreamWorks movie. Yeah. Yeah. I meant that, and I mean this as a compliment. You know, not a dig or anything. It just had that more edge to it than a typical Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I loved the effect of Dad. I don't know if you've ever seen the cartoon Cow or Chicken. When you see the parents, you realize they're just a pair of legs. They don't have an upper body. So that kind of reminded me of that. Uh, But it just looked like they actually have a real story to it. This isn't going to be... Uh, bright light. Krista, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I, I definitely agree. It seems like a bit different than normal Pixar movies, um, but I think it still has the potential to be good. Yeah, I, I definitely people complain about not enough new content or original ideas. This is original. <laughs> this is new. It's, yeah. I've never seen anything uh-huh. quite like it. Mm-hmm. I'm actually intrigued. Uh, this new trailer just, huh, this isn't going anywhere where I thought this would go. Uh, color me intrigued. Uh, yeah, I want to see this. So just in case you did not see it, um, Onward is a new animated movie from Pixar Disney. And it's set in contemporary times, which um, I don't know exactly the date. But it's set in a fairy tale universe contemporary times where most of the time... Uh, fairy tale kind of movies like that are set in middle ages or something. This is set in contemporary times where people have smartphones, people have, 
you know, it, it, and that's a very unique take on it. Most of the time, like I said, it's based on ancient days, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and like, well, usually if you have fantasy in like the real, like modern times, you'll have it like be a hidden society as it is in Harry Potter where the wizards are all hidden. This is like, just like, there are unicorns are like raccoons. Like unicorns roam the street and they're like, they're pests. They're annoying. Get away from a trash can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in some ways it feels kind of like, I mean, I love Disenchanted. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Disenchanted's a good show, but it feels like this is what Disenchanted should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this trailer, like, you see the kids, you know, get a magical staff from their, I guess, deceased father, and they get a spell to bring him back, but they only bring back the lower part of his body, so his feet downward. Um, and they're trying to get him back, the rest of him back, and, you know, I guess they're trying to learn magic, because maybe in this universe, magic is not really known to really be real, I guess. Yeah, well, this was the. It was a bit confusing. Is it to bring him back for a day or bring him back permanently? Um, uh, I would say there's some story beats they're not releasing in the trailers because uh, there were some things that didn't gel. It's like they were setting up a misdirect, uh, which is common in modern trailers. Except this one seemed to be a little more honest. I didn't think they digitized some special scenes to trick us. Yeah, I, I got the impression it was only for a day, but they need some kind of uh, MacGuffin to make the rest of the spell work or something, and that's the basic plot. They're trying to find the MacGuffin to be able to finish it off, but, you know, it, yeah. it, it seems fun. It seems like a interesting idea. I like it. Yeah. Hey, this movie looked edgy from the time where I noticed... Uh, in the first trailer where the van looked like the guy, he didn't use a key, he used a screwdriver to start it. So I'm like wondering, did he steal this van? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like a very Pixar type of movie to me. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, it, it has a Fox kind of feel to it, like The Simpsons, like, you know, kind of changing things up, not really exactly what he expected to be. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Onward. I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be nice to get a new, a, a new idea from Pixar. That's, to me, uh, I don't want to see another uh, Toy Story. Uh, th- the story's done. Move on. Onward. Onward. So, uh, for something I am looking forward to, to something I'm not looking forward to, we got a trailer for Birds of Prey, and it's not going to be in 3D, which is disappointing. Yeah, so that means we can ignore it. <laughs> so, Birds of Prey, tell me about this trailer, Jake. Uh, it looked like uh, it's Gotham City Sirens minus um, Poison Ivy. So why in the hell they're doing a Birds of Prey with um, Harley Quinn is beyond me. It just it just didn't feel like Birds of Prey. I mean, don't get me wrong. It looks like it's a hundred times better than the crappy uh, show 
from uh, what used to what eventually became the CW, but um, it just still looks like it's generic and lacking. Now, the official title is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. So she's not with Joker and she's trying to be a good guy in this trailer, I guess. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, man, uh, I don't know what you're going to do, but uh, I mean, Warner Brothers, uh, they've already, uh, I mean, they've got an unexpected Joker hit on their hands. And they just crapped all over their other Joker actor to the point that he probably has a really good legal case for action in court. Now, it's a good segue because uh, Jared Leto was the Joker in Suicide Squad. And um, this is a guess in that DC universe. I mean, the DC movie universe is it's all messed up to hell. But um, so she's breaking up with that Jared Leto Joker and Jared Leto Joker was going to have his own Joker movie, but that didn't happen because they made the Joaquin Phoenix movie and, you know, Jared Leto got mad and he was doing some crazy stuff on the sets in um, Suicide Squad. So Jared Leto apparently is fed up with Warner Brothers and is not interested in being Joker anymore. Now, what do you think of Joe, his version of Joker in Suicide Squad, Jake? Uh, there was hardly enough of him in the movie to make an impression at all. Amen. There was literally, there was literally more promotion footage of him than there was in the movie that we got. So of the two minutes we had him on screen, which, you know, exaggeration, but... It seems like he got cut out because they didn't want to deal with him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, they just, just, one of the stories I've heard about this movie is the trailer was so successful and got so many views that Warner Brothers just handed the movie over to the, to the group that cut the trailer and told them to cut the movie. Because oh. there's moments of brilliance in the movie, but then it, the way it was cut, it looked like it was more of a Ghostbusters riff. Now... I actually kind of like Suicide Squad. I know it's kind of trashy, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I know. It's a seven to me. Yeah, that's what I gave it, actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, it had the potential to be a nine or ten. Yeah. And um, so we have no idea, but we're going to safe to assume that Joker would not be in this movie, which, uh, going back to Birds of Prey, which... You would think it would make sense to, since Harley Quinn's in this movie, and you know the same Harley Quinn, you know that was in Suicide Squad, Margaret Robbie, which I think Rob Robbie did really great in that role, and you know she's uh, Krista. Do you have any thoughts on Suicide Squad, and, and or no? I mean, well, my curiosity is why uh, Poison Ivy is not in Birds of Prey. Bingo. Yeah, and why this isn't called Gotham City Sirens. Because that's Harley's crew in the comics when she runs around with Poison Ivy and Catwoman. Birds of Prey is Black Canary's uh, side gig. So it's all confusing to if this is like a sequel to you know Suicide Squad or if if they're just gonna assume that Suicide Squad doesn't exist anymore because they're rebooting Suicide Squad and we got some information on that. So Jake. 
um, who, who is in Suicide Squad now? Who's the characters? I'm kind of confused. Uh, well, don't worry about it because as James Gunn said, don't get attached. Mm. So pretty much everybody but Michael Rooker is in Suicide Squad because it looks like uh, John Cena is taking the part that uh, Batista would have gotten and is Michael Rooker in it? I'm not sure. I don't think so. But I know he's not in it. It's easier to list who's not in it than who's in it. I mean, Last I heard, Peter Capaldi is something in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which I imagine very strange. Oh, he's a really good actor. Uh, just seeing him as Doctor Who is kind of weird, because I'm used to him swearing up a storm. Oh, yeah. I only know him from Doctor Who and from, from the Musketeers, so I'm not familiar with his Okay. Earth. Oh, yeah. He's a, a British television. He's famous for his potty mouth. So, okay. The people that are back uh, for sure are Margaret Robbie as Harley Quinn, Viola Davis mm-hmm. as, um, <laughs> as, what's her name? Dang, I forgot her name. Um, Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. Um. Mm-hmm. Which I think she was fine there. I, I had no problem with her. I think she was pretty badass. Yeah, and, and I was excited to hear that Kinnerman's back is uh, Rick Flag. I like him. He's cool. This is a twenty uh, twenty one movie and uh, mm-hmm. directed by James Gunn. And um, essentially, they're just hitting the reset button on this and not even being a sequel. It just is a, new, a you know starting again. You know reboot. I guess. And um, I guess it has uh, Joe Kinman, Jay Courtney, David Deshuan, uh Steve Agee, Daniela Mature. Um, it just it's it's a weird um, John Cena. Yes. So I can already tell you that he's gonna do the Suicide Squad upright because um, the Suicide Squad is infamous in the comics for how many uh, heroes and villains it kills off. Captain Boomerang is back as uh, Jay Courtney because, you know, Boomerangs, they always kind of find a way to come back. Yep, exactly. And hey, Jay Courtney was good as um, Captain Boomerang. And Edris Elba is still part of this, I think, right? Uh, 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 he's probably playing Vigilante. Uh, I mean, who knows? They could... Sw- there's so many of those characters that are so similar, they can interchange them. I mean, there's Peacemaker, uh, Vigilante, Deathstroke, Deathstrike. I mean, there's so many of them. And Taiki Waititi is going to be part of this, too. So that's kind of fun. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, it would be, would, it, God, I hope James Gunn doesn't troll us and have Taika Waititi play the same part he played in Green Lantern. <laughs> Who was the Green Lantern? I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, he played the roommate. In the comics, the character was called Pie Face, which is like one of the most racially insensitive uh, characters uh, in comic history, Which, and I couldn't believe they referenced him. But hey, they never called him that. So I, And if Taika Waititi has no problem playing the character, then I've got no problem... Because that movie has plenty of problems. It doesn't... You don't even get to that issue. 
So yeah, the the whole DC movie universe is is just such a weird thing because you know I think Warner Brothers would desperately wants to have a Joker sequel, but the you know Joker sequel would not really be something that makes sense. You know they can make it make work, but it, it, they didn't really get that working in the Joker movie, and yeah, yeah, I'm like. I'm sure Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix are like, okay, now what? <laughs> and like the Joker movie is making so much money that it's just like, you know, you're thinking why wasn't Batman or Superman rated R? Because it could have been, you know, because rated R doesn't matter anymore, you know? Well, the MPAA says the rating they give to most movies is R. And but most R-rated movies hadn't been in the theaters. It, that's changing. Because uh, I can remember uh, before the PG-13 rating ha- became a thing, uh, there were a lot more R-rated movies in cinemas. Then all of a sudden, people started complaining about some of the Spielberg and Lucas PG movies, and then we get PG-13, and then all of a sudden Hollywood... Uh, is like we don't want to release uh, our blockbuster movies as ours, so we're gonna trim them. So yeah, Suicide Squad too. You know, is that gonna be R rated? I don't know. They might as well. <laughs> we'll find out. I just, I just hope that uh, if James Gunn is shooting a PG thirteen movie, that they don't make him bump it up to it, because nothing's crappier than trying to push a movie where it's naturally not. So I hope they organically let, let chips fall, let Gunn do his thing, because he makes great movies. Crystal, do you have anything to say about this or not? My question, uh, which might be too complicated of a question for you to answer in a short amount of time. Uh, why is it, do you think, that like Marvel has become such like this like enigmatic, like, dynamite of a of a like like empire of 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 movies and yet dc is like struggling to like even though it so desperately wants to be at the same level as marvel in terms of its cinematic universe like why is it failing so miserably at having any sort of a cohesive universe oh that's not hard at all to answer um it's a couple of parts first uh, kevin feige is the best producer that Hollywood's produced since Samuel Goldwyn. And I wouldn't be surprised in 25 years, things start getting named after Feige like they are after Samuel Goldwyn. Um, So when you have a producer who's on top of it and can keep things smoothly running, that helps. Uh, Marvel is an independent studio. DC is not. So they have to answer to the entire hierarchy of Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers has had been running by some real creepos who are interested in um, pursuing uh, the help as uh, sexual partners, uh, lining their own pockets with bonuses at the expense of the movie's quality. That's something Warner... And stuff like that does happen at Disney, but since Marvel is its own separate studio, 
and DC is not. DC is just another. They're not even a studio. They're just uh, they're just part of Warner Brothers, and so it has to go through the entire Warner Brothers hierarchy instead of have, being its own separate entity. Yeah, Disney's been smart with that. They have picked. Of course, they don't have as much as autonomy as we think they do, as because James Gunn's firing was not done by Marvel; it was done by Disney. And I think finally, the 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 have, having a plan is the most important part. They have a plan how to connect these movies, and they connected them well. And yeah, Feige. Yeah, and that's Feige's doing. Where DC, Warner Brothers, they kind of connect, but that was kind of after the fact, and it, <laughs> it, it really feels ham-fisted, and I think, you know, a, a lot of people have different p- opinions on um, the Man of Steel and how that worked out, but I feel like, overall, he um, that director is very controversial, and he's very visual, but not very good storyteller. And that's where it's become a problem. Oh, and then you have the issues, like I said, Warner Brothers hierarchy wanted these movies to all look like Christopher Nolan's um, Batman trilogy. And Christopher Nolan didn't want to make any more superhero movies. He made three Batman movies, and he had enough. He wanted to move on to other topics and subjects. In fact, I was surprised he did three of them. I mean, really. Uh, and Warner Brothers decided to hire uh, a direct. Zack Snyder is nothing like uh, Christopher Nolan. But they tried to uh, mold those movies into being Christopher Nolan light films and failed miserably. Yeah, and Snyder is the one. I, I give him credit visually. I think visually he is a great filmmaker, but when it comes to story and acting and characters, I think he does a crappy job. You know, and well, it didn't help. It didn't help with Justice League. He was using the um, injustice game version of the characters, and they're making which which people outside of hardcore gamers aren't familiar with. So they're making these characters darker than they should be, and it, it makes them just kind of not connect as well. Like Superman, I feel like never really got his own movie. I guess Man of Steel was his movie, but it it felt like he was sharing that role with everyone else there. And then the whole reason Man of Steel was made was to keep the Superman license. It wasn't made because they wanted to make a new Superman movie. It was because if they didn't make a new Superman movie, the license go back to the original makers and that's why they had to have Zod in there and everything, making an origin because they had to. It was a contract, or else they lost them. So they they rushed that together and made it work. And you know, it's it's a it's a big thing. And yeah, I know people hate the idea that Marvel movies are a formula, but it's a formula that works. And ultimately, that's part of it too. Well, the DC ones are a formula too. It just didn't work. So, Chris, does that answer your question? I suppose so, because like the thing about DC is like it has like, uh, like like solitary good movies. Like Wonder Woman is a good movie. Like the Dark Knight series were good movies, but like as a whole, it seems to flop. That's because they don't have a. They're not their own studio. 
Uh, they don't have a strong producer overseeing everything to make it a cohesive whole. Uh, and they've got two, and Warner Brothers has too many Ike Puttermans in their board that have a say in things. And it's kind of a miracle that Joker came out and is as, as successful as it is. Because you would think they would be like, no, you can't have it be R-rated. You can't have it be set in the 80s, 70s. You know, and they just allowed him to do their thing, maybe because of the other failures. And it's, you know, a huge success and critically and financially a success. And fans love it. And it's just one of those things that it doesn't make any sense. Joker movie being a billion dollar movie doesn't make any sense when the last movie, Justice League, didn't make half this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's because they it was made cheap. So nobody's bonuses... So no, so and I think nobody messed with it because there were no bonuses tied to its success. So nobody felt like they had, and since it was a little R-rated movie, uh, going for the award circuit, they just left it alone. Heck, you notice there's no merch for the Joker movie either. No action figures, T-shirts, games, nothing. No merch. <laughs> So it's kind of like a too many cooks in the kitchen and not following any specific recipe. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the Shazam is. A, I, I love that movie. So DC's actually had a good run this year. You know. Yeah, that should have been another billion dollar hit, but it was the ad campaign for it was pretty weak. So there definitely is capacity to make really great movies. Shazam, in some ways, felt like a Marvel movie. It, you know, had that recipe in there, that heart, that, you know, likability of characters. And, it, you know, maybe because Shazam wasn't originally DC, but that's a long story. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it had nice, uh, you know, it was spooky and scary enough, but not too much for kids. Uh, I mean, there was a lot going on in this movie that was really cool. So, you know, Joker and Shazam being, t you know, just completely opposite ends of the movie theater business. And then, you know, Spider-Man um, Far From Home and Avengers Endgame also being two very different movies. But then they still feel the same, you know. Mm -hmm. So anything else you want to throw out there? The new Jumanji trailer? Yeah, let's try that. So this week we got the final Jumanji trailer on Halloween, which is kind of a weird time for uh, trailers to come out. And um, I think it looks really great. Um, it's the whole thing with one of the characters being a horse, which is kind of a spoiler. But, I mean, uh, it's all in good fun here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, trailer makes this movie look... Uh, really, really funny, and it also looks like they're really uh, going deep into the game, giving us more uh, levels and 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 doing more than just mixing up the characters and their avatars. It's just full-on wacky, and this movie could make it work, and I'm excited for it. I think, you know, Jumanji was a, a real sleeper hit when it came out, um, like I did not expect it to be a huge like billion dollar movie, but it was. And then you know, I remember really liking it. And so yeah, this this has potential to be pretty big. I still kind of wonder if you know why it's coming out near Christmas. Why it doesn't come out like in spring or something? 
Um, but whatever. Well, the last one came out Christmas. It was a surprise hit against Star Wars. So Sony figuring, why not? I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. But um, speaking of Sony, they actually also announced a sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What are your thoughts of that, Jake? Awesome. Just don't hold your breath. You'll die. It's a long ways off. Yeah, isn't it like 22, I think they said it was going to be? Or, or you know the date or no? Yeah, it's 20, uh, 20, you know, it's 2022. Uh, well, uh, animation takes a while. A good animation. Um, it's not a. It's not like a James Cameron wait, so I think the audience is still going to be there. Um, I hope they don't pull what Warner Brothers did with Lego and while they were Lord and Miller were working on um, the second part, um, they flooded the market with um, other Lego movies. I mean, the Batman one was great, but Ninjago, I mean, by the time Lego 2 came out, they already scorched Earth, the market, so there wasn't, so it didn't do that good because everybody was burnt out on Lego movies. So it's a balancing act. To making people wait and flooding the market, uh, so I'm just hoping fan, uh, fans don't scream at Sony too much, and Sony cave in and give them an inferior, um, like Spider Ham movie or something to tide them over. Just stay your course, do a good movie, and the audience should come back to it. Now, uh, speaking of Spider Ham. There's a lot of potential here to go to just another dimension and just have another movie with another Spider-Man. Um, they could have a whole Gwen Stacy one or they could have, you know, whatever, the Noir one. You know, there's infinite possibility there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would love to see uh, a Nick Cage uh, uh, Spider-Man Noir. Now, um, they did say that it was too hard before to get the live-action spider men <laughs> um in the the other movie that's try to schedule it maybe they'll do it this time and that will be one hell of a fun time uh-huh yeah that would be incredible yeah well the thing is it would be a lot easier to do animation because guys can record their lines uh whenever because i mean this the star trek animated show was really easy for them to do because got because various actors could work on their various projects and just record their lines and whenever then they just put it together what do you think about actually having them live action with the cartoon like you know how different you know animated live action combination movies like space jam and or um who framed Roger Rabbit? Having it like that, I'm totally okay with that. Oh, they could do it. Uh, Lord Miller would have they have the touch, so they could pull it off. Heck, I wish Lord Miller were doing the new Space Jam, but <laughs> they're not. So, yeah, there's a lot of potential here. Um, I remember I watched um, Frankenweenie, and um, they're watching a live action TV, and it was really weird seeing that. Uh, you know. Mm-mm. And, um, it's, you know, that would be kind of fun to have, to mix it up and have, you know, just different people there and, 
you know, have a reunion of human Spider-Man, you know, after all the whole mess with uh, Sony and Marvel, that could be a really fun way as a cute nod to the fans and to Marvel. And it, I, I'm totally in game for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm also wondering if part of the delay is they want to introduce some elements in the live action movies before they play with them in the animated. Now the post credits scene had, I think it was a Spider-Man 2088 or the future Spider-Man. No, 2099. Yeah. 2099. So that could be something um, there to really kind of jump into to see if mm-hmm. the future has something there going on that we don't know mm-hmm. about. Yeah, and why would you have a throwaway with Oscar Isaac voice in Spider-Man 2020, um, uh, tw- um, 2099 if it's just a throwaway gag? I mean, it was a really funny gag, but... <laughs> yeah, especially the way of that uh, 60s uh, Spider-Man cartoons generated that meme. Yeah, so 2099 that could make it into a whole time travel element as well as a multiverse element. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm game with that too. I'm fine with that. If they want to go back, if, you know, they want to have the sixties Spider-Man and, you know, the cartoon and then have 2099 and have, you know, more ass be the modern one. That could be fun. I'm fine with that. Yeah, And all the spider girls, I mean, you got silk and Gwen and, uh, Madam web and, I definitely think Madam Web, Madam Web definitely should be part of the story. I think she's a really interesting character, and um, they they kind of play with uh, that character in the Spider Man animated series that was in the nineties, and I really really uh-huh. liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know Stanley's wife Joan uh, did the character. Oh yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always thought Marvel missed the opportunity they should have had and alternate world where Ben Parker survived and became um, Spider-Man. Oh, kind of like a Batman. Um... Uh, yeah, but wouldn't that be cool? Him and Anor, uh Spider-Man teaming up? That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then this could, uh, it could be really fun because they kind of hinted at Spider-Man, the, the Spider-Verse, you know, in spider-man far from home so you know actually like oh yeah there is a spider-verse that you know he didn't know about it you know that would be fun that's a fun little way to take it you know Mm -hmm, exactly i'm thinking we're gonna find a lot more stuff after the doctor strange uh madness of the multiverse hits i think they're trying to save a lot of that stuff for that movie and so you could do so much here there's infinite potential here and it's the only problem is that you have infinite potential so you know you, you just have to have someone to really narrow it down and make it make sense and have fun with it but still you know it, it, that's where it gets hard because if it's you know have infinite potential mm-hmm. but uh, lord miller are going to be at least producing and probably writing i mean who knows they might even direct because I don't know what their schedule is like that far out. Hell, I don't even know what they're really... I just know they've got to deal with Sony. Now, dealing with Sony is one thing. Let's deal with Sonic! 
Yay! So, we um got, I guess it's a standee for like a movie. So, like different movie studios, or not studios, but um, theaters would get these standees and then put them in the hallway. And, you know, some of them would get to see them beforehand. And they also use them in trade shows to sell movies to different markets. So, you've all seen promo standees for movies and video games. You've seen them, so you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty common practice. You know, some of them may have holes in it, so you can put your face into them. And, you know, they have them in the hallways to get you, oh, there's that movie coming out, you know. Just because there might be some people that are just totally oblivious to everything. So, talking about standees, we have a apparent one for Sonic, the next Sonic movie, and it has the Sonic redesign. Now, this could be faked. This could be faked. We don't know for sure. Um, not confirmed yet by anyone. But it looks pretty likely. What do you think? Mm, yeah, with the, yeah, with the other leak and this, I'm saying this is probably legit. Uh, and I hope so, because... This redesign, hey, it doesn't look exactly like uh, the 2D Sonic, but, you know, uh, this, in some ways, I think he looks better. And this is, to to quote, um, that'll do, pig, that'll do. Uh, it's, this is awesome. So thank you for the redesign, because the original Sonic in that trailer, oh, God, it just was so off-putting um i'm i'm normally not big on this uh fan entitlement screaming backlash but this is one time i'm really glad the studio caved and took the fans uh outrage into consideration and turned the other cheek and just did the work because it looks it's gonna make the movie better now um it does look more like the 3d model which is in the you know various 3D games. Um, you know, there's been quite a few 2D Sonic games, quite a few 3D Sonic games. So this does look familiar to you know Sonic character model in the newer games. So this is it looks what right. It looks like how it should. Now the next question is, could does it can it really save the movie? Which ultimately I don't know because the trailer maybe they'll get a new trailer cut with this. And that trailer will probably go up immediately after we post this podcast. And just to piss us off, but it is what it is. <laughs> I can imagine that being something that happens, you know, right away. But um, we'll see. It'll probably within the next week or two um, from recording this. Um, hey, this means more content for you. So you'll get more 3D news. So, yeah, we'll cover the the new trailer whenever it comes up, but it's pretty safe to assume that they're going to, you know, have that um, trailer as soon as they can, because they want to try to get better buzz on this. Um, so yeah, we'll see how the movie actually is in this newer trailer. If, you know, if they're going to have a completely different cut of the trailer or if it's just going to be the same exact trailer with the new character model, which would be really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they have a new trailer. Cause, uh, the way lately the trailers have been, um, there's been a whole lot of disappointing trailers of late. 
it seems like a trend. I don't know if you noticed this, Jake, where basically you get a teaser trailer that shows you nothing, and then you get a real trailer, and then like weeks later you get a final trailer. So before there was like multiple trailers, and then now there's like three, and then you have like a dozen TV spots or or more. Um, you get a ton of TV spots, which are like you know thirty seconds, twenty seconds, something like that, quick. But you get, you know, only three trailers. Generally, yeah. Knives Out has gotten more. Uh, I think that's because uh, I think a lot of people noticed the Knives Out trailer, uh, the language. And they were like, how in the hell did this get a G rating when in a movie this would be a minimum of a PG-13? And I've noticed that with a few trailers. Uh They've really, really let, because, you know, trailers are either G or R. So, yeah, um, we'll see how the Sonic works out. We'll see if the, you know, we get a new trailer and if things are changed, because it is delayed. So they do have more time to fix things. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, normally I'm not big on the whole uh fan backlash thing because I think it's counterproductive most of the time uh, to cave that much but damn uh, if this is reels this looks good I mean this looks good enough that you got my butt in a seat I see a trailer with this design in it you got my butt in a seat in a theater paying good money because you know I'm wanting to see Sonic so, yeah, I mean, it, it's we'll, we'll get part of your confirmation any day now, um, but we'll, we'll find out and, um, I, uh, you know, we'll see how this works out. Uh, maybe the next trailer will actually have 3D in there or because we weren't really sure if the 3D was going to be in here, but we assumed that, you know, maybe that might be something we have to worry about. Maybe we don't get to see this in 3D because you know, they had to change the budget to redo uh, Sonic, and then now we don't get in 3D because the budget is going on a whack. But we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's a wrap. Uh, thank you for listening. All right. Before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have a one patron, which is David from Spain, and I want to thank you for your financial support. All right, so that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon, and the link is in the description. Uh, thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, our email address is email3d42d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.